basically when you develop pharmaceutical drugs, like one of the questions I think that the researchers asked themselves is like, what is the time to action? So how long does it take for the drug to start acting and how long will the drug act for once it's in the body? Welcome to this episode of Speed of Life. This is a podcast series focusing on innovations accelerating towards better health. My name is Björn and I am co-hosting this episode together with my colleague Diana. A very warm welcome to you. Let's jump into this episode. Hello to all the listeners of this episode and a warm welcome to our two guests, Jos Bois and Sina Bonsa from Review Instruments. Thank you for joining us today. We are really, really happy to have you here. Thanks. We are uh, also happy to be here. Uh, shall we shortly introduce ourselves Yes, first? please do. Yeah. Okay, so my name is Jos Buys. I'm uh, Dutch. I've been living in Sweden for 25 years, and I'm the CEO of Ridgeview Instruments. Uh, my background, I'm a biophysicist. Um, I've been working for 30 years with protein interactions, first at Academia, big company, and now at a smaller company, Richview. I'm Zina Bonsa. I'm originally from Germany, came to Sweden about 10 years ago for my studies, and then got stuck here because <laughs> I had too much fun at Richview Instruments. <laughs> I'm currently the principal scientist there, leading the research and development efforts, and I have a background in molecular biotechnology and molecular medicine, so I'm a bit closer to the biology side compared to Jos. Jos, mm. uh, please tell me uh, a little bit more about your background and what has led you to do to your current position at Ridgeview. Uh, yeah, so background. Uh, I've always been working with trying to understand how, how proteins interact. So protein, they, they do everything in, in your body. They, uh, they regulate, they make sure that you grow, that you... Uh, so understanding how they work, how these proteins work, how they interact with each other, has been fascinating. Uh, so even as a student, high school, I was fascinated in this type of like understanding nature, especially like the kind of nature that you can't see, too small to see. Uh, and then so halfway during my studies, I, I noticed that I was actually even more interested in making. M- instruments or making uh, it's possible to see and understand even more about these things that you can't see. So I've been working actually all these 30 years more on the like instrument development, method development side, rather than making actually uh, a protein into a therapeutic drug. Uh, so that's, uh, in that respect, I think it's quite natural that I'm at a company that does exactly that. Mm. Uh, we make these products for uh, the customers, and these customers are typically people in the pharmaceutical industry making drugs. Mm-hmm. Would you tell us more about your background, Sina? Um, I think what I'm very curious about usually is like the technology that we have. Uh, what can we exp- it for so how can we make the most use out of it and I think that also reflects sort of in my background that is sort of half technical half more towards the applied biology medicine side so I'm usually very curious about like oh the things we have how can we make the most use out of it for our 
business, but also then obviously for our customers. Mm. And so you're I the think principal scientist at Re- yeah, yeah, and I think that's also why I ended up in this position where it's very. Where I work a lot with like what are ap- the applications we can use our instruments for, mm. like how can we sort of push the technology to answer more complex questions. Mm. Thank you. Uh, Jos, um, your role as the CEO, how, how has it developed during these years? Uh, developed? I'm still developing. It's a rather new role. I started uh, a little more than two years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, I never envisioned my exe- uh, myself as a CEO, actually. <laughs> I've been always more into this technology role and, you know, uh, building new products and Still talking a lot with customers, but now suddenly it's uh, responsibility of the whole company. Uh, very fascinating, I have to say. Uh, I'm yeah, very happy that I'm got into this position and actually uh, try to steer not just what products you make, but also now how we work together, how we work together with our customers. Uh, so being able to uh, influence the whole way of working and mm-hmm. doing, uh, yeah, doing business. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean for the company having you as the CEO, uh, considering that you were one of the colleagues uh, a couple of years ago? Uh, never reflected so much about that part. Actually, I think it was kind of natural. I had a leading position in uh, more to the product development side, uh, but was all over the place, uh, worked with all employees one way or the other and uh, in a kind of leading role anyhow. So I think it was kind of a natural transition. Yeah, I'd agree to that. As the colleague, I can say it felt quite natural. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you think it means for, for the company having you as the CEO? Uh, that's a tricky question. Uh, for the company, uh, I guess most employees will notice that we work a little bit different. Uh, and then I'm, yeah, I'm not as broad as to the former CEO, Carl Anderson. He was the one that started the company. Uh, he is the one that has these okay new ideas, brilliant ideas, and now we are going to you know make this product and do something with it. Uh, and I think I'm more the pers- the person that take these ideas further, so make it really uh, adapted and in the best way for a customer, so that they can use it in the best way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have more focus, I think, on our on the, uh, the products we actually make. Uh, not always jumping too fast on the next idea. Uh, so it's maybe a little bit more stable in that respect. Mm-hmm. Some more focus. I think that would be the, the biggest change. I think it also from how the company changed, like I think the change of CDO really marked sort of the end of the sort of initial phase and uh, going to a more established business and mm. sort of hold, sort of building on establishing mm. or holding an established business instead of inventing something new all the time. Because mm. I think it really marked the end of sort of fighting to get the market. Now we have a good market and are established and have a good customer base. And now it's a lot about maintaining what we have and working with the customers that we have. 
Uh, and Sina, tell me a bit more about your role and what does uh, a normal day look like? Uh, I, I don't know if there's such, I don't think there is such a thing as a normal day since we're rather small. So everyone has like several hats and does a lot of different things. Um, but I think a normal day for me looks like that there is some questions related more to the lab and more to the wet lab side and essay development and sort of communicating with the lab team on what needs to be done on that side. And then we also have a software team that works more on um, our analysis products we have. So we have products for the wet lab and we have products more about data analysis or software products. And I'm sort of at the moment leading a bit both groups. So it's usually some meetings with both groups and also bouncing some ideas of what needs to be done in the near future and then on a more weekly basis also into the longer future. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, what do you this is a question for both of you. What do you find most motivating and rewarding with your role? Uh, the most motivating... Uh, I'm pretty self-motivating because I, I really like what, we are, what I'm doing. Uh, so making, making the products we do and working with the customers that we have. Uh, but I think on a more daily basis, it's actually the, the team the, uh, the we mm. are about 10 people at work and we really have a great atmosphere uh, so i think that's that's on a, yeah the most rewarding direct rewarding uh, path. yeah even if business doesn't go so well a week like you always at least i always look forward to see my colleagues at work mm. and to be part of the team and then of course the happy customers yeah, yeah. Mm. can be quite happy when you get yeah. you get a lot of feedback uh, and Usually you get the complaints when things are not working, uh, but lately we have such a good established relationship that we also get a lot of positive feedback and mm -hmm. like very uh, happy meals. And okay, now I succeeded with this experiment and I learned this and, oh. and they are very uh, happy to share this with mm -hmm. us. Uh, what have you done to, to, to get that kind of uh, situation, good atmosphere and positive uh, collaboration with the customers and uh, I think it's all about communication it's the internal communication so make sure that we we spread so we have an, we have a lot of knowledge in in uh, among ourselves mm -hmm. um, so I think we worked quite hard on sharing this knowledge or talking to each other uh, sharing the information um, can be a month letter, it can be talking uh, on, on a few meetings. We communicate an awful lot with our customers. Uh, so whenever we learn something, we directly go out to our customers. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. now we found out that uh, you can do this even better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. I think we're also great. very open towards our customers and they usually appreciate that, as you said. We share as soon as we know something and that makes customers more open to share with us as well about their experiences. And I think it creates a bit of a different atmosphere. It's not just sort of, oh, we sell something to them and they pay for it, but it creates a more collaborative mm -hmm. atmosphere. And I think people really appreciate that. And also then customers that know us a bit better, I think they appreciate that we do business a little bit different than when they hear, oh, it's sort of us deciding as us running the company and not sort of some unknown investor behind. I think people mm -hmm. are usually very positive towards that. Mm 
Maybe I'm jumping ahead now. I don't know, but I'm curious. Um, you mentioned you have pharma customers. So is, is that a typical customer or do you have other kinds of customers? Yeah, so we have uh, uh, two main customer groups. Uh, so, but uh, the biggest at the moment is, is the pharma, pharmaceutical industry. So the companies that uh, create protein-based uh, drugs. Mm. Uh, so they really found us and uh, see us as a, uh, yeah, a partner to work with, to really understand how they, their drug is, is working. Uh, then we have another segment that's also the how we started as a company uh, 17 years ago. And this is the, the scientist typically coupled to academic hospitals where they develop uh, tracers, radioactive tracers for PET and SPECT imaging. Okay. So for example, when you have cancer and you want to find out where the cancer is in your body uh, or what type of cancer it is, mm. you can have these tracers that need to go specifically to the uh, yeah, to the cancer cells. Uh, so it's two completely different customer groups, mm. uh, but from our perspective, they have the similar, the same type of question. Uh, you you have a molecule, a protein. It needs to go very specific to the cancer. Uh, in one case, it's for imaging, and for the other case, it's for uh, curing the cancer. Mm. So then it has a, the therapeutic effect. Mm. Uh, so these are our main group of customers and then of course we have a lot of academic groups that are quite close to these pharmaceutical companies so also interested in uh, designing new potential drugs understanding how uh, drugs work uh, thank you uh, you mentioned before Carl uh, Andersson uh, I guess he's one of the founder or one of the founders of the company yeah, he's definitely the main founder. Mm. Uh, lots of energy, lots of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very driven. Is he involved today and in what way? Uh, he's still involved. Uh, officially, he is involved as the, uh, yeah, the board of directors, so he's the chair. Mm. Uh, but on a more informal basis, he... Um, he drops by at least once a week, talks a little bit here and there. Uh, so he's always there to, if you have an, an idea or a question, he's always there to make sure you can reflect on mm. what you're doing. <gasps> so yes, he's definitely, uh, yeah, still involved Present. in in, right. in the right. business as well. Yeah. Uh, before we dig in uh, in the history of the company and get more details, would you please give us the elevator pitch of what it is that you do? Who wants to take it? <laughs> <laughs> so basically when you develop pharmaceutical drugs, like one of the questions I think that the researchers ask themselves is like, what is the time to action? So how long does it take for the drug to start acting and how long will the drug act for once it's in the body? And basically to get this type of information before you go into sort of an in vivo setting, for example, with animal trials or human trials, you would then just look at, oh, so how fast or how readily does the drug interact with my target of interest and how long does it stay bound to the target of interest? So you do these type of measurements and from that data you sort of try to predict how it would behave in an animal trial. So when you do these measurements in a very good way, you can sort of 
get information about which candidates is best to move forward into animal trials and how to dose them. Hmm. So we hope that will uh, contribute to also reduce animal trials because you have more knowledge about your drug candidate before you go into animal trials. Mm, okay. You want to add something to that or deepen um, it? Maybe add on from the, the business concept itself, which is... Uh, rather straightforward so you have Id ideas so we, s we work in a regional environment we do an awful lot of research ourselves uh, about 30 40 percent of our time is on research uh, so we see the kind of issues kind of problems that our customers face uh, we try to find solutions and these solutions are uh, then embedded in our products can be hardware software but also in courses uh, and all kinds of support that we can give to our customers. And then we communicate with these customers and get, again, the question, oh, but oh, it would be so interesting if we also could learn a little bit <laughs> about this aspect. <laughs> and then, of course, we start going, again, oh, that would be really interesting, <laughs> so <laughs> let's make a new product. <laughs> uh, so it's a kind of a circle. Uh, so this is our, our business concept. Uh, and as I mentioned before, that we, we are financially uh, independent. So we have our business concept is uh, from, from the economic perspective that we, we don't have any investors or risk capital on the bottom. Uh, we simply invest the money we earn into our new products. Uh, so we have lots of ideas and it's Pretty much the, yeah, how much we earn that sets a limit yeah. on <laughs> how much we can do. Slow and steady. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess still you said you were 10 people, right? Yeah. So 10 people for doing sales, uh, customer support, uh, yeah. developing, coming up with new ideas for pipeline. That's why it's hard to describe a typical day yeah. because <laughs> you, most people do a little bit of everything. You also told us you you were speaking English uh, at the company because you were how many nationalities? Oh, quite uh, a few. Four, five, six, six nationalities. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, we are definitely international oriented, and uh, I guess that makes sense. We have very international customer base, so it sort of reflects that. Yeah. yeah. So most people do speak Swedish, but we hardly use it at work. Mm. And back to the product, you have a physical product that you sell? Yes, yeah. like and Tracer. Yeah. yeah, a very uh, interesting uh, instrument. Uh, not too big, uh, so it's we can produce it ourselves. Here in Uppsala? Yeah, we actually yeah. produce it in our facility. Uh, so it's, it's uh, the instrument where you can place your, yeah, for example, cancer cells. And you can add your drug, and then we can follow, monitor, which we call and trace how the drug is interacting with the cells. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and you sell uh, an instrument then, or uh, yeah. what kind of business model do you have? Is it a one-time sale, or is it a licensing? Or yeah, so it is. The we actually do both. So we have uh, the instrument sales, which is the the biggest part of the business. Uh, to understand these traces. So the, the interaction pattern, we call it. Mm. Uh, you can apply models and learn about what's actually happening uh, when these yeah, the, the proteins interact with the, with the cells. 
so there we have a software product and that's of course used for our own instrument but we have also nine other companies that make similar type of instrumentation usually not applied on live cells but more applied on just two isolated proteins when they interact with each other and they also buy the software from us mm, okay uh, so that's another part of our business and then we actually do quite a bit of uh, customer support in terms of uh, courses sometimes we uh, actually last few months we had like three tailored courses for pharmaceutical industry so they come to us with questions and they okay can you please teach or group within the company or uh, on this subject so we provide courses some contract research for mm -hmm. companies that don't have all the facilities uh, themselves so we just like a whole business around it sounds really really interesting uh, do you have competitors you said uh, you had some yeah. Some companies doing similar things, but not quite the same. No, so the the, the we work really open. Uh, we don't consider having direct competitors. So our product itself is rather unique. Uh, we have, though, alternative methods that come quite close. So you can get, like, uh, if you have like other instrumentation, you can get bits and pieces of information mm -hmm. that we can also supply. Mm -hmm. So there, there's definitely some. It's not that we don't have any competition, but not a direct one. No. No. That's a good, good for your business. <laughs> um, are there any any learnings from the la this last 17 years that you can share with us, or share with others that would like to start a company? Um, I don't know, how many years have you been around? I have been working there for 10 years. For 10 years, yeah. So I think one of the, the, the main things, so be patient. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have to be, you know, endurant. There, it takes an awful lot of time. Uh, coming with a new product, uh, you, you don't come out with a product that already exists, but then a little bit better. It's, it's really a new concept. Uh, bringing that uh, on the market takes a lot of time. So it takes time to get acceptance from the market. Mm -hmm. uh, so this patience is very important. Uh, you have to be quite stubborn. So you have to keep on believing in the concept, the mm -hmm. business concept, the product concept, uh, and yeah, sticking, sticking onto it. Um, yeah, what lessons do we, do we learn? I would say I've learned at least that you have to be stubborn, but you also need to know when it's okay to let go. Yes. Uh, okay. Because since we have a rather new product, it's you have to convince the customers or the potential customers about not only the product, but also about the idea behind the product. So, And when people are not convinced about the idea behind the product, and then sometimes it's just not worth it to push further because some people will never be convinced about your idea mm. and then you have to accept that not everyone's gonna like what mm. you do and at some point it's better to just accept that and let go and focus your energy and your efforts elsewhere mm. so it's sort of a trade-off yes you have to be stubborn to succeed but sometimes you also need to accept that oh this particular path is not going to go anywhere or with this particular 
person, like it's it's not going to go anywhere. They're just not convinced about what we do and what we have. Is that an easy decision to make? No, and I think for me it's taken quite a few years to get sort of a feeling for when to let go and when to push further. Mm. Because every customer case is a bit different and unique. And you need to learn sort of which are the sort of points that you can convince someone and when people don't want to be convinced mm. and just sort of accept that, yeah, okay, they're looking for a different solution. Mm. And sometimes it's a bit sad because I feel like, oh, we would be able to help this person to answer their question. And I really like, oh, but I truly think we can help <laughs> you with this. But they're like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And just have to let it go. Yeah. Uh, and again, a question for both of you. What are you most proud of having achieved? Uh, I think the most proud myself is uh, the way we actually managed to establish this great team or and community. So it's it's the team or uh, the or employees. We as a team, the way we work together. It's, it's uh, yeah, uh, we have fun at work. I see the the ideas exchanging so fast, and uh, we are really working together as a team. Uh, it also means that it's. That's if somebody has, is too busy on one side, somebody other hops in and picks up for uh, we cover for each other in an mm. incredible good way. Yeah. And that's making this community extend to, to our customers. Uh, so that we everybody feel there. Uh, we have a lot of customer communication. It feels very natural that we uh, almost really work together and co develop our products rather mm. than we doing everything in isolation mm. and uh, seeing if, well, if there's a market in the end. Uh, sorry, I think this this whole community is, is incredible. And it also means you see your products rather soon in the hand of the customers. Mm. And that, that is sort of a nice feeling because it goes very, because we work so close with our customers, it goes very quick from idea to seeing how it works in the customer hands. Mm. And that's, for me, that's a very nice feeling when we see that, oh, we had an idea and then, you put your customer in the forefront. Yeah, and but also see like that, oh, they actually like the idea yeah. we had and we sort of can yeah. do something together and then have a final product. Mm -hmm. And you, you have the same uh, thing that you're proud of or do you have anything else to uh, add? No, definitely also the work environment. I think for me it's also because I'm rather new in a more leading role as from beginning of this year and I recently... Um, had an employee she was supposed to be the day off and I saw her in the office this morning and I was like oh what <laughs> what are you doing aren't you supposed to be off and she's like no this project that we have currently it's just too much fun like I really <laughs> wanted to come in today and finish like what I started and it's like I'm having too much fun at work <laughs> to like be off this particular day and I'm like oh okay but just make sure you're off at some point <laughs> but it's 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 a good feedback to know that you're yeah. you're doing a good thing to contribute to a positive work environment. If people mm, come in and say, oh, I have too much fun at work, I really want to be mm -hmm. here. Uh, I think that and then seeing like ideas turning into products and being on the market. And I think that's what very much attracted me to actually work at Richu in the first place. That even when I was rather new, I could sort of come with my ideas and they would be listened to and we could turn them eventually into products and then seeing them in the customer hands and being being used by someone, it feels like you make a contribution actually to the scientific community. You're not just sitting isolated in an office and sort of research, but no one's sort of ever really interested in it, but you mm -hmm. actually bring it out and people can use it. Mm. Mm. 
And uh, my next question, uh, you have already touched upon it uh, a bit. Um, it's about company's culture and visions and values. Um, how do you work? Uh, I, s- I hear that you work with those. Uh, can you tell us more? More. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. It, yeah. We have the. Um, it's rather cliche that we have our customer focus, but yeah, we we really work to make our customer succeeds in making the best works. Uh, so that's what we do. Because uh, otherwise we um, have strong focus on being a reliable partner. So we are always there for our customers. Uh, we try to have a rather sustainable type of company. Uh, so l- the decisions we make are often focused on making sure that we that we manage that we uh, yeah are are continuously growing we are not going for the big bets but we we make sure that we have a very stable solid organization uh, that can be there forever yeah more like long-term thinking mm-hmm. yeah making really sure oh we're we're still going to be there in 10 or 20 years down the road and not mm-hmm. just the quick cash mm-hmm. and what visions do you have for the future and how are you going to get there um, so the vision at the moment is uh, rather uh, simple or boring, maybe even. <laughs> uh, so we we have come from this startup phase uh, when I started ten years ago to uh, being more established. Uh, so now it's more a matter of broadening our customer base, getting a broader acceptance of our products uh, from our customers. So basically doing the same, but getting a more stable, solid uh, customer base and uh, also a more stable product development uh, process. So kind of broadening, strengthening, and in the meantime, uh, building up enough muscle to make bigger steps in the Mm -hmm. near future. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the main. Basically create like a community around the research that we do and the science since we come in with a rather sort of new understanding about um, basically measuring drug interactions. So I think it's also sometimes our customers feel a bit lonely because there's maybe not that that many people doing it yet. So I think just creating this sort of community also for ourselves, but also for our customers. And I think more from a scientific perspective, where I would sort of like to push further is um, understanding drug interactions and especially like how they tie into the functional properties of the drug and we've done quite some work there the last two or three years and I think that's something I would really like to push further because I believe if we have a better understanding then we can really help also having a more rational drug design from the start because if we understand oh these and these properties are generally important then we can design the drug in a better manner from the start mm. Mm. yeah thank you as you know, Stunz is part of the innovation system and we believe that there are opportunities in being part of strong clusters and ecosystems and we are always interested of how we could help making it even stronger and better. Uh, so what do you see as the advantage of having your company in Uppsala? Uh, there, I think there are quite a lot of advantages. Uh, Uppsala itself is extremely strong in exactly this biotech area where you uh, the ability to measure protein interactions and making products out of it has been around here in Uppsala for uh, quite a few decades. Uh, 
so competence-wise, it's incredible uh, for us as a small company uh, doing quite advanced research. We couldn't survive without uh, working together with the research groups around it, or around us. So we have great collaborations at uh, the Rudbeck Laboratorium uh, with several research groups. We have collaborations with the uh, Biomedical Center. So without these collaborations, we would not be able to explore new ideas or, or being in touch with this high yeah, advanced type of research. Mm -hmm. Have anything to add to that, Sina? I also think it's really nice that Uppsala feels very international despite being maybe an, a global scale, more like a small town, mm. it's uh, still quite international. And I think that's quite good for us in terms of it's easy to recruit a quite international team, which benefits us since we work with international customers. And then also the infrastructure around. I mean, the airport is like super close. That really helps when you need to work international. Mm. And do you think you could uh, get even better advantage of uh, what Uppsala has to offer? Uh, it's always this interesting thing about networking and contacts. Uh, yeah, it's it's we, we of course we could benefit more if you knew what's what's yeah. around. It's amazing what uh, we are here at the Uppsala Science Park. Uh, within two three hundred meter around us, there are so many small companies. Quite a few of them do rather similar or have similar type of problems to address. Uh, and we have been working quite a bit. So for uh, for us as a company, uh, being independent of um, external money, we have been surviving uh, in the beginning by working together with other companies. Uh, we have our expertise, we have some knowledge. Uh, so we have been consulting and helping companies around in Uppsala uh, Partly also just to survive mm -hmm. for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Still, there are so many companies that we're not aware of. And I think mm -hmm. there it's yeah. nice to have sort of a forum where everyone can gather and sort of exchange ideas and experiences. Because you think, oh, it would be so natural to just do that because some of the companies are even sitting in the same building that we're in. Yeah. But we still don't actually talk that much. <laughs> no, it's always surprising. It's like everyday <laughs> business sort of gets in the yeah. way. Yeah, sure, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And uh, do you see a way of how you could help support others? Or do you do that already, or maybe? We do. We do. We, we, uh, we help. Uh, uh, we've been involved in actually quite a lot of small, but also bigger companies, uh, helping them with our expertise. Uh, it can be anything from more regulatory processes. Of course, when it comes to interactions, what uh, proteins in a certain diagnostic kit or mm. assay development yeah. protein-based assay development mm -hmm. software yes yeah, so we've been writing quite a bit quite a lot of pieces and bits of software for other companies mm -hmm. uh, so yes we are quite a bit quite quite heavily evolved uh, especially traditionally at the moment a little bit less but yes getting too busy with our own products, <laughs> 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 which is a good thing. Yeah. 
Great to hear. Um, I'm super thrilled to, to learn more about your company. And I think you're in a very important field. Uh, you're, you're close to what many would call the precision medicine field. And I think also that's exactly what you bring to these companies and also in the end for the patients. And I learned also that you don't have to be a big company to be able to support patients in that way and also indirectly support patients through these uh, bigger pharma companies that do a lot of good for our health uh, in general. I also like the way you talk about uh, sustainability when you say that your solution also would add to decreasing the amount of animal studies and stuff like that. Uh, super important, but also the way you talk about, can I use the word agility or, or you know, working close with a customer and, and developing them like a co-creational model. Um, I, I think that's something for, for many to learn from. So we're very uh, thankful to have you here and uh, it was very interesting to listen to you and, and good luck in the future. Yeah. Thanks Thank you. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast series is developed and produced by Stuns Life Science. Stuns is a foundation creating sustainable growth through private-public collaborations. Thank you for listening and for more information about this podcast and as well as about Stuns, please visit our website lifescience.stuns.se and follow us on LinkedIn where you will find us under our name.